Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikucci and you are listening to a brand new episode of Jazz is Travel. Hello everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikucci here welcoming you to a brand new episode of Jazz is Travel. This is a podcast series where we explore the meaning of jazz in different parts of the world and where we talk about multicultural projects, ideas and so on. Today's show is a conversation with Sonny Jane, the innovative percussionist and master of the double-sided Indian doll drum. Jane is known for combining his Punjabi roots with his love of post-bop, jazz, fusion, psychedelic rock and funk. Sonny Jane earned critical success with his brass and drum ensemble Red Barat and has also collaborated with many great artists throughout his career. Last year he released Wild Wild East through Smithsonian Folkways where he explored the myth of the American cowboy through the immigrant's lens. The song you are hearing in the background is titled I'll Make It Up To You and is one of the singles from his multicultural and multidisciplinary project Phoenix Rise. The project combines art, music, photography, food and a belief in global citizenship by supporting social justice movements. The album will be released with a planet-based recipe book on May 21 via Singe Records. And it's also worth mentioning that all proceeds from the project will go to the Center for Constitutional Rights. It's a fascinating project and we will be finding out more about it throughout our conversation in today's episode of Jazz is Travel. So fire up an audio teeny, sit back, relax, and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. And it's lovely to speak with you. Uh, I'm speaking from Galway, Ireland at the moment. What part of the world are you speaking to us from? Right on. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Right. So, and what's the weather like out there, both atmospherically and uh, metaphorically? <laughs> uh, it's it's changing as the day goes on. Um, so it kind of works out metaphorically. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it started out a little rainy. It's a little cool right now, but I know the sun is slowly starting to peek through the clouds. Awesome. That's always a good sign. Yeah. That's pretty much every day here in Ireland. You know, we get four four seasons in a day usually here. And right now we're in autumn. Uh, so there you <laughs> have it. But it's certainly yeah. a pleasure to have you here uh, on, uh, on Jazz's Travel. I've been enjoying your music for a long time. I got to say, you know, your project is just fascinating. The one that we're going to focus on here uh, will be your new transcultural multimedia project uh, titled Phoenix Rise. Uh, releasing on May 21st. But first of all, I just wanted to backtrack a little bit and return to those early days of the pandemic because uh, a few weeks before COVID became very real to all of us, you had actually released in February 2020, I believe, a new album called Wild Wild East. Is that correct? Yeah, that was on the Smithsonian Folkways uh, recordings label, um, something I'd been working on for about a year and a half. And yeah, it got released February 20th and was just in preparation for setting up some tours for the project. 
And unfortunately, yeah, a month later, we were, we were all grounded. What was it like to kind of find yourself in that spot, in that space where not only did your tour dates come to a halt, but also, uh, like we said, you had a new album out. What was your reaction and response? You know, to be honest, um, there was a lot going on personally as well. Uh, my father had passed in November 2019. And when I was making this album, um, he was in the hospital for several months. And so there was uh, th- there was a little bittersweet kind of arrival of March 2020, um, I think partly being on the road for the last 13 years with Red Barat um, and having to then be grounded and not being able to tour, not a decision that was that was up to me. Also kind of just settling into a moment where this album finally came out, Wild Wild East, um, which was a solo you know, album that, that I did with Smithsonian um, and kind of was was around, you know, it was it was in the shadows of, of my father's uh, health. So I think all that just kind of culminated in in just a big sigh, um, I think, for a month of just, OK, let me regroup, let me resettle, uh, let me see what's coming next. Obviously, I had no idea we'd still be here. Now we're May 2021 and, you know, have have barely worked, you know, in terms of live performing and touring that the, the kind of work I normally do. So, you know, when it first hit, it, it was it was a sense of relief um, to just lay back, to be be with my family, be home and to kind of just regroup, so, so to speak. And that's kind of what then propelled me into into Phoenix Rise. It was just, you know, at that moment, all I was looking to do was engage in creativity um, that was immediate. Uh, th- there was no idea of planning. Uh, that I've been doing for the last 13 years in terms of tours, in terms of albums and whatnot. It was just, let's record some tracks and start sending them around to musicians I love and people I've, wa- I've been wanting to work with. Um, and let's see where that goes. I just wanted to return a, a minute to, to Wild Wild East. I mean, this mm-hmm. was a, a major album. I mean, I loved it. I remember at the time being kind of taken by its concept too, which essentially, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, aimed to recast the immigrant as a modern day cowboy or cowgirl. I wonder whether you yeah. could expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's like we're told these stories, these these fantastic kind of romanticized ideas of of the cowboy growing up, you know, uh, with these, uh, you know, these TV shows of Lone Ranger or fighting cowboys and Indians. And me being South Asian, me being Indian, it was actually kind of confusing for me when I was growing up when the word Indian was used. I was like, are they talking about me or who are they talking about? You know, this is when I was five or six years old. And then it kind of came full circle. I mean, obviously, we've seen various movies throughout our our lifetime, you know, the the Spaghetti Westerns, the the Kurosawa films, uh, just various kind of adaptations and takes on what the cowboy is, Um, the John Wayne, good old badass American cowboy. And and a lot of it is is really kind of just romanticized and kind of false. Um, You know, the idea of the cow rancher comes from the Spanish word vaqueros. And the idea of even cowboys really first emanated from Eastern Europeans coming over here in the 1800s. And they were actually the first wave of, you know, quote unquote, cowboys, cowgirls. But there's also a lot of folks left out of the narrative. Again, women, uh, black cowboys, uh, Mexican cowboys, Spanish cowboys, uh, or cow people, I should say, cow ranchers. And so I was just thinking about that idea of of how there's these attributes kind of put on to this this sensibility of what it is to be American. Um, there's this idea that it's a white male person wearing a hat, adorning a hat, and and a you know and a gun in their holster. 
Meanwhile, you know, there's also this idea of courage and bravery expanding westward. And I really started thinking about my parents, you know, and, and what they've endured from the 1947 partition and independence of India and Pakistan and being embroiled in that whole migration, one of the biggest mass migrations in world history, to then eventually making their way over here to the States um, and forging a new family and, and just kind of laying down roots over here and just you know, just thinking about friends and, and, and friends of parents of friends, um, other immigrant families of, of who, you know, they all have these stories, whether they're 10 years old, 50 years old, or a hundred year old stories and started really thinking about how the immigrant is really our modern day cowboy or cowgirl that embodies these, these ideas that we, that we paste on this old past romanticized idea of the cowboy. And speaking of that growing awareness of where, as you said, your parents came from and just that whole aspect of where you yourself came from as a first generation South Asian American, did that coincide with also your growing interest in music and, you know, your growing awareness of music? Yeah, um, I, th I think they were definitely coinciding. I don't think it was uh, one led to the other per se. I think they were always intertwined. I think they're still intertwined. Um you know, it, it, I think what, what inspired music was was definitely listening to early recordings of Zakir Hussain. Um, you know, I remember when I was four years old and my dad playing an Indian classical record and just being mesmerized by the rhythms and sounds that were coming out of this these speakers. So I've, I've always been engaged and interested in rhythm and, and music and then, you know, started training, you know, and, and education at, at 10 years old with music. The story of my, of my parents, it's been ongoing, I think. The first time perhaps my father told me stories of what he went through with partition was maybe when I was 17 or 18. I'd never heard anything really before then. And I would probably revisit it every few years and come back and ask him more questions. Even as late as uh, I'd say about seven years ago, I was asking him about it or eight years ago um, because Red Barat was supposed to go on a tour to Pakistan. And my, my dad and mom were born in what is now Pakistan. And, but that no, no one in the family has been back since partition independence since 47. So we were doing a bunch of research to try and find out where's the ancestral land, uh, hoping, you know, on this tour that I'd be able to visit it. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, the tour got canceled and whatever, that's a whole nother story. But, you know, I, th I think these ideas have always been intertwined. It's for me, music has long been my search for multiple identities that I carry and, and, and really trying to attach myself to the motherland, partly due to, I think, you know, I'm not very fluent in Hindi or Punjabi. I'm not fluent in those mother tongues. Um, and because all my family is still there, the only family that's here is my immediate family. Um, so that's always been very integral to, to music and, and composition for me. Right. It's almost like a way to connect with it better. And I was going to ask you, actually, uh, whether you'd remember the first time that you encountered a, a doll. But uh, I guess you mentioned uh, Zakir Hussain. Maybe he has something to do with that. Well, is that, yeah, Zakir, I was hearing him play on tabla. I mean, doll. I definitely remember hearing the sound of doll growing up and, and going to Indian parties and picnics and things like that. Uh, growing up in Rochester, New York, we'd have these these Indian parties every now and then during the summer on, on the weekends. But I don't think I knew exactly what I was hearing until maybe I went to India when I was in my 20s and I, I was shopping for some tabla and then I also saw a dolik and decided to pick up a dolik and then I saw a huge looking version of a dolik and found out that that was a dole and decided to pick up one of those and uh, brought it home and, and immediately fell in love with it, just started playing with it and um, 
I ended up studying with a with a good friend. We were studying with the same tabla teacher at the time, and uh, I started taking a few lessons with him. His name is Dave Sharma, and then yeah, the rest is history. And it makes such a great sound. I mean, I I love the sound that uh, that comes out of that instrument for sure. It's, it's so, so big amazing, too. Yeah. It's, it's there's this physical yeah. aspect to it as well. Absolutely, I th- I think that I think the physicality of it and the liberation of it because you're mobile. Yeah. is is and and the sound it's it's literally hanging at your waist so it's just it's going into your being as you play it you know what i'm saying it's like you feel that echo and rever- reverberation within your body and then yeah you're able to just move around and be amongst people you know versus drum set my 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 first instrument uh i'm stationary and i'm behind everyone in the band uh so, so there's <laughs> something very just liberating with the doll uh, to just be able to jump down and be with audiences, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> The song you are hearing is called Heroes, and it is from Sonny Jane's forthcoming album Phoenix Rise, out on May 21. John Falsetto provides the vocals and the lyrics are sung in Shona, the Buntu language of the Shona people in Zimbabwe. The words of this particular song refer to the elephant totem. In Shona culture, people of the elephant totem are said to be gentle giants and generous, in reference to the giant mammal, overlooker of the forest. But they also refer to the Magadanga rebels, a known movement of justice and in reference to the guerrilla war against imperialism. Sonny Jane explained in a press release that they made this song to give thanks to and to salute all the people out there fighting for justice and for a better world. Let's get back to the second part of our chat with Sonny Jane. So coming to Phoenix Rise, I mean, first of all, maybe just looking at the title, uh, returning to the kind of difficult times that the entire world has sort of been living in and are continuing to this day, sadly, uh, especially in India, things are really bad at the time of recording this. Yeah, just looking yeah. at the title, is it also, is that also a reference to these times that we've been living in? I'm thinking of coronavirus, but I'm also thinking about the different protests that seem to have been happening in several parts of the world as of late, including here in Europe too, but of course in the States with Black Lives Matter and and so on. Is that a a reflection on these times? Yeah, 100%. Um, You know, the title just came about literally because of uh, this period that we've been in with the pandemic and because of all these systemic issues that have have been part of this country for for so long but became magnified um, during the, the, the killing of George Floyd. Uh, and protests that have kind of illuminated so many more atrocities that have been happening across the country. So yeah, it was it was for that reason. It was also for the reason of just, you know, I, th- I think community and wellness and empathy, uh, the idea of how do we move forward 
um, an idea of spiritual renewal. I mean, that's what the, the, the Phoenix kind of embodies in mythology in various mythologies. Um, and it just seemed like a right fit for what this project was, you know, or what this project is, you know, it's not just a set of new music, but it's also a planet based recipe book. Um, it encompasses 50 plus artists. And, and it's really about community coming together and trying to move forward as one. Uh, speaking of the future, are you optimistic about this period of change? You know, optimism is something I think that that always has to stay with me, um, that I always search for, even when times are are very dark, even when, when when I'm not feeling good with things. I think that's the only way to move forward, whether it be this time or, you know, when my father passed or you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I, I think that's that's something something I'm always searching for. You know, it, it's what gives us hope and, and allows us to move forward to to search for new things and to be, you know, contributors to society. And here again, we find that kind of eclectic sound of yours that we've kind of come to know and love. <laughs> so but okay. also the process that you hinted at that birthed these the 10 songs in the album is quite interesting, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but many of these songs began as brief clips you posted on your Instagram account, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, these were these started out, you know, we're in the pandemic. I happened to just build my basement studio right before the or actually right coinciding when the pandemic started. I think I finished uh, right at the beginning of April building out my studio. At that time, you know, we're seeing uh, an influx of, of, of videos and, and music and live sessions happening on, on all the social media channels. And I was just laying back, partly just rest again, you know, as I was saying, just uh, settling down, regrouping, just taking my own personal space and time and then decided, oh, I'd love to work with work with some other folks that I've never had the opportunity to do in, in the last decade. I've just been so busy touring and, and whatnot that I haven't really had a chance to reach out to other people. And luckily, a lot of folks that I was sending tracks to were available and, and interested in, in contributing something. And it just started out as an idea of quarantet. You know, I was going to make a, a four panel kind of video. I was going to send a drum track or a dole track to someone and they would send back whatever they wanted. Then we'd send it to third person. We'd send it to fourth person. Maybe it's bounced back to the first or second people because they want to redo some stuff. But the idea was quick be efficient. The idea was like, uh, you know, top-notch production in terms of audio. I was planning to do all the video myself, but ended up talking to a few video director friends that that wanted in and wanted to help make videos for it. So it, it, it morphed into that, into, into storytelling through video as well. And then the killing of George Floyd happened in the end of May. And before releasing our first video, we decided, hey, let's put this out. Instead of asking for donations for us, let's try and raise funds for for different organizations and uh, that one in particular we, we were raising funds for the bail project anyways that every every quartet had a story there was about 10 in total we did by the by i'd say end of august beginning of september and at that point i was hearing a lot of folks ask for these songs to be heard longer um and wishing they were on spotify that they could stream and so I went back to to all the artists and said hey you know let's put this out and maybe, you know, try and raise some funds for an organization and some ideas that we all believe in um, instead of worrying about trying to get the, you know, the fraction of a cent from Spotify for, for streaming. Let's 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 try and put some leverage behind all the names on this and, and, and get some good out of this, you know, for, for folks. And then I went back to the studio and and produced everything, basically brought in new guest artists. Um, made about two and a half three minute songs out of each track that were maybe about a minute minute and a half and and 
just produced everything and then sent it off to Tony Joy, who mastered everything. Along that time, had come up with an idea of, you know, instead of just releasing music um, for the social justice aspect, let's also, in, you know, encompass uh, the idea of food justice and let's maybe all contribute a plant-based recipe, which I ended up calling a planet-based recipe, partly for the global influence, but also partly for the idea of climate justice um, and being mindful in the environment and, and what that means in terms of, of being plant-based. And so we had about 20 recipes that got submitted by all the artists um, that are included in this project. At that point, we just, I, I was just going to, you know, put out a P, like everything's just been in the moment, in the moment, uh, no planning of what we're doing, which has been, I think, the most fun with this project. Um, you know, typically uh, I'm, I'm thinking far out in advance with the marketing aspect and who we're going to get for publicity and yada, yada, yada. This and just like, let's just move in the moment and whatever we all want to do, let's do it. Um, at that point, a friend of mine, art director, who's done a bunch of my album covers, Louis Kafari, said, man, you should put out a book. This is really cool. You know, let's let's make a nice little book out of it. So we're now making a 72 page book, which should be ready in a couple weeks. Um, everything's going to be released May 21st. And yeah, we had uh, James Bartolozzi then come over and we made uh, a bunch of photographs for for each recipe, kind of what I'm calling instrumental foodie photography. It's um, different ingredients that are coming from each recipe that an artist contributed paired with their instrument. Um, so so they're they're interesting kind of artistic shots. And and all of this is kind of part of the same project, right? Just to clarify for anyone listening. This is all part of Phoenix Rise. Uh, essentially, the project is 10 songs, um, and it comes with a recipe book. You can just digitally download everything, um, and, and or you can actually get the physical recipe book, and it comes with the digital download card of the music. Just thinking back to, uh, you had mentioned that you uh, thought about some of the artists that you would have wanted to work and maybe never got the chance to, to, to work with up to that point. Who were some of the artists that you initially had in mind? Who were some of the artists that were among the first to respond? Uh, the first one I sent this to, which, which happens to be the first, person, uh, the first track that we released, Heroes, was John Falsetto. Uh, he lives in London. I met him, I guess, two, three three years ago. I'm, I'm so lost with time now with this pandemic. I, th I think it was two years ago. Um, but I met him. Um, he's a London-based actor, originally from Zimbabwe, and also singer. Um, and he was working in a theater production called The Jungle, which came to St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn a couple of years ago. I was then brought in to musical direct the show. John was originally... Uh, partly the composer and the musical director of, of the show, but he also was an actor in the show. And I think they wanted to really just separate his duties so he could concentrate on what he needed to deliver in the show. Um, and as soon as I met him, I was just smitten with this, with this guy's talents. Um, and so he was the first person I sent a track to. He sings, he plays in Vera, plays keyboards, he plays drums, he does everything. He didn't really even need me to submit a drum track to him. But, uh, but he graciously sang some stuff back into his iPhone and played in Bira, which, you know, which was stunning to me because the audio that actually came back from the iPhone was really good. I don't know if it has to do with these new 11 Pro iPhones and the compression in it and these voice memos, but it sounded fantastic. So uh, he was one person. Another person is um, is bassist Bubby Lewis, um, someone I met also a couple of years ago. 
He used to play bass for Snoop Dogg, but I met him when he was touring with Vidya Vox, uh, a South Asian singer who was touring with Red Barat. And he's a phenomenal bass player and, and just had to get him on a track. Um, Mark Carey, jazz pianist, is another person that I've worked with for over a decade now. Love his playing. We haven't done anything in a while, so I sent him some things. Um, oh, Kushal Gaya is a singer from from the UK as well. He's uh, He sings in the band Melt Yourself Down. And uh, I remember first hearing one of their tracks probably about just maybe a couple months before pandemic. And so he was someone I reached out to and said, hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to? Do you want to do something on it? And he was down. Uh, another good friend of mine, Pete Eide, who lives here in Brooklyn, New York, who's an artist, sculptor. Uh, he's also a dad. Our kids play together. We're just good friends. And but he's also a guitarist. I was like, hey man, you want to do a track? So it was it was really all over the place. It was just close friends. Um, it was people I've met on the road. It's people I just became familiar with right before the pandemic. Um, there's a whole host of people. Adrian Casada is on there from Black Pumas. Vijay Iyer is on a track. Uh, Regina Swaminathan, Ganavya, Aruj Aftab. There's, there's, there's a bunch of folks on there. Michael yeah. League. It sounds awesome. <laughs> so many yeah. great names out there. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's an amazing project. And just to think about like how it all c- came together, do you think that also this period that we've been talking about, quarantine and lockdown, has it opened up new possibilities for the ways in which uh, future collaborations and projects will eventually come to life in the future, uh, some of which that you have experimented with uh, yourself in this project? Absolutely. I mean, I think this is always going to be a part of, uh, you know, what we do in the landscape nowadays. You know, the idea of even live streaming a show, the idea of putting a song together. I mean, nowadays, you know, because of this past year, musicians have now become not just uh, composers but we're now audio producers we're now video producers to a certain extent you know it's something we had to dive into in order to survive in order to rethink of new ways of how to get our our stuff across you know um i'm sure several people have been doing that already on ig and you know on instagram and 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 social media for a while now tiktok but for a lot of touring musicians, we were grounded and we were trying to find ways to stay creative and stay connected. So I think this is this is something that's going to stay in the landscape. Totally agree with you on that as well. So, Sonny, you've been uh, it's been great talking with you. It's been a fascinating conversation. Thanks very much for joining us. Hey, thank you, Matt. Thank you for joining us. You have been listening to my conversation with musician-composer Sonny Jane, and it has been a fascinating conversation at that. I hope you enjoyed it, and I remind you that Sonny Jane's new album and recipe book, Phoenix Rise, is out on May 21. Playing Us Out is actually a new take from Phoenix Rise on the title track from his Wild Wild East album from last year, which was released on Smithsonian Folkways, and is another great album that I urge you all to check out. 
We'll see you soon with a new episode of Jazz is Travel, where we'll be talking more about the significance of jazz and creative music in different parts of the world and highlight lots of fascinating multicultural projects. Till the next time, I urge you all to check out jazzis.com for more top-rate content on jazz and creative music and to subscribe for even more exclusive content, including interviews, featured articles, reviews, and much more. Till the next time, stay healthy, stay safe, stay strong, and I'll see you soon.